Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that follows Hop Joel. Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hop Joel! Will you tell us what Hop Joel is besides just kicking people? No, that's it. That's what Hop that's Joel is? That's the entire philosophy boiled down into one sentence. It's kicking people. Swift kicks. Yeah, freaking Ashley Trotton or whatever came out and you were like, Hop Joel! And you just kicked her in the face. You have any problems in life? Just kick it. Kick your problems away. That's the title of my book. Uh, wow, I can't wait to pick that one up. At the end of the book, it says to put the book down and kick it. <laughs> hey, that was the introduction to all that, wasn't it? Oh yeah, kick it. No, it was the ending. Do you remember that? Isn't that Keenan and Kel? No, that is all that. Or isn't know. it? I don't know. I haven't seen all that or Keenan and Kel in a, uh, quite some time. Probably it's like 20 been a years. Minute. <sighs> I, I love Keenan and Kel. They're great. That's such a great show. I think maybe it's on, well, not for you because you're in Australia, but I, it might be on CBS All Access. I know um, Are You Afraid That Ark is. Huh. They're getting really? like all of the old shows. Yeah, Clarissa Explains It All was on there. I seen somebody post on Twitter that uh, Allegra's Window was on there. Do you remember that show? Damn. I mean, now I do. I haven't thought of it in ages. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking of it. Maybe it's on there. I don't know. I can find out for you, though. <laughs> I mean, it won't do you any good because I don't no, think CBS no, All Access is available. None at all. <laughs> but I'd like to know. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll, I'll do it. Oh, so how you doing today, Brandon? Doing all right. You know, I got to say, I feel like this week we didn't talk very much. I don't know why. Uh, maybe we, we just find each other a bit boring. That could be it. We're just like distancing ourselves because we know that the inevitable end of our friendship is upon us. <laughs> When this podcast ends, our friendship ends. We've discussed that many times. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like I uh, keep, I found the box for Assassin's Creed Liberation that I borrowed from you 10 years ago or something. And I'm just like, oh, geez. (laughs) Have you even played that? Yeah, I played it a little bit. I don't even know where my Vita is, though. I'm not going to lie. Wow, that's surprising. Do you know where your Vita is? So how are you doing this week, Brandon? Doing all right. That's good to hear. Anything happened to you? Anything sweet? chance no nothing at all that's okay so last week we played resident evil 5 remember that yeah that does that does vaguely ring a bell that was fun we should hang out more often (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) that game that i have an interesting relationship with that game where it's like it's all because i don't i don't really like it but (laughs) we've we're playing it together for the third time now yeah and i enjoy playing it with you but the game itself not my favorite <sighs> i know i feel the same way you know i ended we ended the stream and um you know we streamed it all on twitch we ended it at the point where like the game gets kind of eh, which is not very far in the game you know no <laughs> we got like through one, the fun one part twitch and... stream in <laughs> yeah it was like <laughs> It was like maybe two chapters or something, and then we were like, oh, and this is where the game starts to get kind of, you get on a boat, you gotta shoot zappy laser, I don't even remember. Punch a boulder, who knows. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad that happened, it was fun. We should, uh, we should try and play something again sometime, sometime soon. We will. I know, it's us. But, uh, anyway, do you, do you want to just talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sure. So we just got done watching The Tale of Many Faces. Brandon, what did you think of this episode? It was alright. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good good concept. Not a bad execution, really. Right. But something about it was just not very engaging. Yeah. I know like, what you mean. I, I was watching it and it's it's like fine. There's nothing really wrong with it, but just it didn't stand out as a great episode. But you know what? You know what it really is? What's that? It's that this episode is just the tale of the unfinished painting. Yeah. But without Jewel State. Well, there's a funny thing about that. Um, One of the characters is actually from Tale of the Unfinished Painting. So uh, when I seen that, I was like, that is very fitting. Because um, I think that this episode is a probably like a perfect marriage between unfinished painting and mystical mirror. Yeah, it's got it's got both of those. It's just something about um weird ladies taking on protégés 
and being very creepy and wanting to absorb them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it's uh, it's kind of exactly the episode that you would think it is, and uh, you know the effects are good and the acting is pretty great. I like uh, the main character a lot. Like the practical effects are good too, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's just something that's holding it back, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like the pacing i don't know if that's the right complaint for it i guess um there's just something about it that just kind of makes it kind of eh. it's missing some kind of spark and i don't know what it is yeah i feel like it's the urgency maybe i'm not sure because they're in like a dire situation and like there's only one character that gives a shit about anything and um i think that might be what it is i don't know it just it maybe could we'll be... get to the bottom of this talking right. through it yeah, let's see let's see what we can find out. So our episode starts out with Vange, and she's got a skull mask on, and she's roaring. And Quinn and Megan are on the couch, and they laugh at her, and she takes it off saying, I love masks. You put one on, and it changes who you are. She's just right into it. She really is, yeah. And um, I'm just going to say, like, I like this intro. Like, this whole Midnight Society stuff uh, in this episode is pretty fun. Vange then ducks down behind the couch to reach something, and then she pops up with a clown mask on next to Quinn saying, You could be goofy! And Quinn tells her, You don't need a mask for that, as she takes it off and hands it to him. She runs over to Megan as we stay with Quinn, who's smiling, and we cut back to Megan and Vange, and Vange has on like a ballroom mask, and she says, Or glamorous. And Megan grabs that, as we cut to Quinn smiling for a second. Megan gets the boring mask. Is that the right like word for it? That it's like a ballroom mask. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, because I like I looked at it and I'm like, I think I know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I used to work at Halloween City. I mean, I was surrounded by masks. Did they say ballroom mask? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably where I got it from. <laughs> they weren't as elaborate as that one that you just called boring, but. <laughs> <laughs> Then back to Vange, who's next to Andy. She's got one of those blank face masks on. It's like the one that just has like a bit of eyeshadow or something on the eyelids and stuff. She says it's mysterious. I don't know if I believe her. Andy's all like, mysterious. And he smiles. I don't know why. With Tucker, he asks, got any masks that'll make you look taller? And Vange kneels down by him. Boom! Since he's sitting on the office chair. And she says, no, but I have one that might make you sick. And she pulls out this elaborate and, like, expensive-looking mask that has, like, a bunch of hair and teeth and stuff. I don't really... I don't know how to describe it. It kind of looks like a predator a little bit, maybe. I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram. I'm going to post it a picture of all the masks. It's very expensive. It does. It's huge. It's it's, a, it's one of the most, like, elaborate um, Halloween masks that I've seen that you would believe is viable in a store, you know? It's like a troll mask from Troll 2. Yeah. It's crazy. She takes that mask off, and she gives it to Tucker. Then Andy says, I like those clear masks that change your face just a little bit. Way creepy. The hell is he talking about? I think she's talking about the ones that are like a clear plexiglass like mask that just have like the eyelids and eyeshadow and I don't know. I mean, I can picture the idea in my head, but I don't think I've ever seen one. I can't think of any horror movies that utilize them. All right. Are they creepy? I don't think they are <laughs> particularly creepy. I mean, you can see the person's face kind of <laughs> mostly. All right. Andy's just, he's got a phobia, okay? People's faces. Back with Vance, she's sitting on the throne and she's saying that the thing with masks is that they let you be whoever you want to be. Underneath, you're still you, but no one can tell because they can't see behind the mask. My story is about the horror of losing what's behind the mask. Andy squints. You know, like he's pissed. He says, huh? And Vange continues saying, behind every mask is the one thing that makes you different from everyone else. Your personality. But if you lose it, no one would know you. No one would care. You'd be all alone and forgotten. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story... The Tale of Many Faces. It's a lot of setup. Yeah. For what the story is. It is a lot of setup, but it was like really quick. I mean, she throws that dust right in there at, like, 155, so... Well, it was the entire Midnight Society sequence. She started right away like, masks are masks. That's true. I liked it. I like the masks. I mean, I like props. I'm a sucker for props, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Do something to wow us while we're sitting here around this fire. Preferably bring food. 
Oh my god. Cookies right? or misfortune fortune cookies. Uh, apparently just cookies. Don't bring misfortune cookies unless they come with free egg rolls. That's the real moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is give me egg rolls. Do you like egg rolls? Hell yeah, I love egg rolls. Uh, egg they don't have them here. So good. How can they not have them there? You live because, closer to China than we do. Because egg rolls aren't authentic Chinese food. I know. <laughs> But even so, like, do they have at least, like, wonton wrappers? Can you make your own? Uh, yeah, you can make your own. Okay, because I was going to just, I was going to say, like, do they even have food in Australia? Because all I got is sausage kebabs. <laughs> you can get spring rolls like crazy. Oh, okay. You just can't get the good stuff. I gotcha. So our tale starts up right into some action. It's a fucking photo shoot, Brandon. We see that there's this lineup of people. Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) There's this this French photographer, and he's giving this girl some direction, saying, "It's cold out." Wait, how does the how's French go? (laughs) Not like that. I know. Not Haitian. Sorry. Wee oui, wee, oui, is it cold out? It's yeah, a, just do a peppy a on. I don't know. That sounds horrible. I, I had tried to practice it when I did my note. It didn't work, apparently. Anyway, we look at this like somewhat familiar face smiling, and she's posing. And the dude snaps a picture saying, no, 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 pretend it's your birthday. Be excited. You smile, yes? So she changes up her pose, and we look at some girl in the line, and they look like they're catty, and it's pretty great. The photographer's all, nah, this won't do. Next girl. And the girl getting her picture taken's all, but but I could. And she's silenced by the photographer telling her, nope, next girl. Faster, Shut come up. on. Times is times. And the first <laughs> girl is out and the second girl is in. It was a whirlwind of pictures and French accents. It was crazy. Yep. He starts snapping this new girl's picture and the camera is loving it. And she spins around in she's different poses. so much better. <laughs> Talking to her. First it's, girl it's was trash. <laughs> we got to first girl looking on. And um, she's got like this supportive smile. So, you know, she's a good girl. After a few seconds, he just tells her, okay, enough. I have made my final decision. And he holds up a picture of this girl to a mannequin saying, I have found our spring winter girl. I'm sorry. Spring winter. I can't say it. She found the spring sweater girl. Okay. She's and her name? spring sweater girl. Her name is Jessie. (laughs) Everyone claps around her, except for our main character, Emma, who just kind of walks away, and she's sad. Well, we got a couple of characters to meet. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Emma, she's our main character. She's played by Sarah Edmondson, who we last saw as Joyna, or Gina, from The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge. Yep. She sure was her. We covered her in that episode, but she did a voice... In the game Thimbleweed Park, which I think I might have mentioned at the time. Um, she did some Minecraft miniseries in 2018 and some game called Bless Online that I have never heard of. And I'm the kind of guy that keeps up on MMOs a bit, so I don't know what this game is. So many. I'm sure it's some South Korean... It's gotta be. Grindfest. It's gotta be like one of those like gotcha mmos or something and i'm sure my brother's played it we got another character jesse played by jessica <laughs> walsh whoa i know i'm funny who was all um, she was in a show okay and yeah this show was called are you afraid of the dark yes but she was in another show okay and it's called two shows what a tao what yeah i'm not it's what ta tao that is fun to say. It is. I kind of want to watch it now. She was also in a couple of other things like Student Bodies that had Gary in it. Um, something called Rainbow, which I can only assume is amazing. And Big Wolf on Campus. All right. Neat. Any yes. Assassin's Creeds? Uh, I think the next character might have been. Let me see here. I didn't, I didn't add it in. I'm tired of talking about Assassin's Creed. It's in almost every fucking episode. Yeah, it's what you do if you're an actor in Canada. I didn't. I I didn't even you know voice that some that peasant was... woman <laughs> in the Middle Ages. <laughs> yeah, right. The the photographer, his name is Jacques, by the way, and uh, he's played by Martin Watier. And we last saw this guy playing somebody named Paul in the Tale of the Dangerous Soup, which I think might have been the guy at the beginning that was. I don't know, hmm. that he gets fired, maybe? I don't remember. No. 
He's been in a ton of French stuff and did some voices in Naruto Rise of a Ninja, which is a video game, and Rainbow yeah. Six Vegas. Tom Clancy, I don't know. He just, like, takes everybody's voices from Canada. He's like Ursula. <laughs> Who knows? Both of those games you mentioned were Ubisoft games. Oh, okay. Maybe. All right. Tom Clancy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't he dead? Rest in peace, right? Yes, he okay. is. Rest in peace, Tom Clancy. I didn't mean to uh, offend you with your picking and choosing of Canadian actors. Back in the episode, Emma is stuffing some stuff into her bag when Jesse comes up to her asking if she's okay. And Emma tells her, sure. She congratulates her. And Jesse tells her, girl, you'll get the next one. And Emma's all, with this face? <laughs> Not likely. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> Jesse tells her not to talk like that and that she's beautiful. And Emma says that she suffers from thin lip and big nose syndrome, <laughs> which is never beautiful. Those are her okay, words, not she, mine. If she thinks this about herself, then why is she trying to be a model in the first place? That's a great question, Brandon. I like, don't know. She's, she's not, like, ugly or anything. But oh, no, no, no. I don't think so either. I feel... Like, and I'm sorry to all our model listeners, but I feel like models are probably a little bit, you know, into themselves. I can so, see that. Yeah, I don't know if she's just like, oh, I'm just some dump truck of a person. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't her face anyway. She no. just didn't have any pizzazz out there. Yeah, she wasn't like, you Girl, know, you, you just gotta, cylinders. You just gotta get some energy. You gotta give it some of this and some of that, you know? Yes, yes, work it. Do a little twirl. <laughs> yes! <laughs> One hand on the hip and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tilt the head 45 degrees. Yeah, do like a like, come on. kiss face. Like, yeah, it's not hard. You know what? I'm thinking I'm going to start modeling, actually. <laughs> Same. I'm <laughs> thinking got I got this. what it takes. We are fierce, Brandon. <laughs> Like, thin lips be damned. I can do this. I probably have thin lips. Well, you can't see my lips, because I got this, like, bushy um, mustache covering it. But I think that's what is in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I got. We got to talk about this, Emma, for just a second here. She's, wear- she's wearing a wig, right? I hope so. Okay, because, like, the hair that she's got is, like, what a, like, a... I don't know. A 35-year-old woman would wear like a pixie cut and it just looks It's like a red motorcycle helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the same wig that they used for Belle from Time Trap except it's red instead of complete white. So, okay, so Emma gets done like shit talking herself and then from out of nowhere walks this girl who says, "But you are beautiful." You have the cheekbones of a Russian princess and the eyes of an Egyptian queen. Have you thought about performing in the theater? And Emma tells her, thought about it. (laughs) I've dreamed about the theater. Who are you? And this girl tells her, a talent scout for the Madame Visage Theater Company. And she hands Emma a business card telling her to go to that address and see if she likes it. And Emma's all, you serious? And the girl nods saying, very. Good luck. And she walks away. And Jesse swoops and saying, that was weird. Are you going to go? Very. <laughs> and Emma's all, I don't know. What do I have to lose? And we look down at the most basic and boring business card that's ever existed. It's purple. It's got a little ribbon of yellow saying, the Madame Visage Theater Company. And that it's located on 64 Greenwich Street. Would you go? Um, hello. <laughs> of course I would uh, go. Who right am I in. kidding? I the would... theater calls to you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I would be like, Madame Passage, sign me up. (laughs) You want my face? Take it. (laughs) I would give anything (laughs) to be in theater. All right, that's it. Let's quit our modeling gig. Oh, yeah, let's do the theater. It's time we uh, take up the theater. I could talk like anybody, okay? Except for apparently a French person. (laughs) (laughs) And Scottish. I couldn't do Scottish. <laughs> I would never be able to do the Scottish play Macbeth, is what I'm trying to say. <gasps> you son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> we cut over to Madame Visage's palace of a fucking theater company. <laughs> the thing is, like, gigantic. It is. And then they only go in, like, three rooms, but yet this yep. thing is just massive. She shows up at Hogwarts to be in a community <laughs> play. Yes. <laughs> Emma's making your way up to the door, and she stops at a big poster for Many Faces, Many Lives. 
And it's got a bunch of those, like, theater face masks on it, as well as pictures of some gals. And she walks past that shit and opens up the door. And she goes into the building, and she calls out, Hello? Anybody here? And she walks a little bit into the main room, and there's some costumes on display on mannequins. And a door behind her opens up, and a girl walks out backwards. And Emma turns, saying, Excuse me. And the girl looks her way, and she's got on a mask. And, um... It's one of the ones that just has, like, a blank, expressionless face. Mm-hmm. And she looks at Emma and then walks away through another door. And Emma tries to follow her, but the girl slams the door in her face. Pretty rude. Yeah, right? From behind Emma, we hear another voice ask what she wants. And out pops another girl in the same style mask. And she's got, like, a black robe on, and it's got the number 66 on it. And Emma tells her that she's here to see Madame Visage. And pulls out the business card saying, someone gave me this? And the girl looks at her for a moment. I I mean, I assume we can't see her eyes. And then opens up the door that she just came out of. And Emma starts walking towards her and asks, what's with the masks? And the girl tells her that they're rehearsing for a play. And Emma's all, oh, cool. And then she walks through the door. That's not what rehearsing for a play is. It's not walking walking around hallways. (laughs) Whatever. Emma believes it. And you know what? I probably would too. So I am very naive. (laughs) In the next room, Emma looks around for just a moment and the 66 girl tells her that Madame will see her shortly. And then she leaves the room. And Emma wanders around looking at all the costumes and stuff in the room. And she goes to touch a light blue boa when the door to her side opens up. And Madame Visage stands in the doorway asking if she's interested in theater. And Emma tells her, well... Sorta. I mean, I got this. I mean, it's my dream, but yeah, I know sort I'm a... of. <laughs> uh, Madame Visage raises raises a finger to her lips to silence her and says, "You are stunning indeed. Come sit." So Emma sits in front of a mirror and with Visage behind her, and she instructs her to like look to the left, and Emma does, and Visage tells her, "Very nice." Then asks her to look up and out, as if to the ocean. It's a lonely, misty day, and you're sad. And we watch we watch Emma kind of, like, frown. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not very much pizzazz. No, it's really not. She's just kind of like, oh, okay. And she's, you know, like, looking in the mirror, and she just kind of, like, frowns a little bit. Like, she's going to cry, sad, maybe. huh? Okay. I can work a few of these mouth muscles. <laughs> I got this. And she doesn't. She doesn't got this. <laughs> no. She wants to be a model and an actress, but she just has no enthusiasm for it. It was funny. You know what, though? Visage loves that. She says uh, that it's lovely and calls her by name. And Emma's all, how do you know my name? But Visage ignores that, yelling, your face would be perfect for the lead role in my new play. And Emma whips her head around saying, the lead? For real? Visage adds, but only after the right preparation. Are you willing? And Emma tells her, of course, what do I got to do? Visage starts walking away, monologuing, saying that my theater is known around the world for presenting the most lovely faces to ever grace the stage. But raw beauty is just the start. She turns around, she grabs a little makeup container and, and presents it to Emma, saying, this powder was developed over 300 years ago. It conditions the skin and it gives it the most amazing properties. Emma asks if that's what she uses, since her skin is beautiful and almost glows. And Visage smiles, saying, Ah, glows is the right word. When your skin is prepared with this powder, stage lighting is almost unnecessary. Here, try some. So Emma walks over, and she sits down in front of a mirror, and she starts buffing that powder right into her face. As Visage smiles, saying, Oh, I can see a change already. And Emma's all, Really? And she smiles. Yes, that nose is shrinking. Those lips <laughs> getting bigger. Yeah, this just feels a whole lot like Mystical Mirror at this point to me. Mm-hmm. She's one of her beauties. Pretty much, like, I mean, this powder container even has a mirror on it, just like the compact in Mystical Mirror. Yeah. It was essentially the mystical portion of Mystical Mirror. And I think that there's even some music used from Mystical Mirror in here. I would not be surprised at all. Which... You know what, though? I'm not really complaining. I like throwbacks, and this season has been chock full of them. Man of Visage is played by Elona Elkin, who's been in a few things like Vampire High in 2001 to 2002, and something called Delta State. 
She wasn't in a whole lot of stuff, so. Is there a werewolf high and a vampire high? There's Big Wolf on campus and there's Vampire Big High. Big Wolf on campus. Okay. Yeah. I get them confused. Yeah. Um. You know, I didn't put there's it. a lot of monsters in schools. There's that resurgence of, uh, you know, classic 50s monsters because all the people that grew up looking at them or enjoying them became directors and stuff, you know? Sure. Not all of them, but you know what I mean. You know, somebody else, I don't know who it was because I didn't put it in my notes, and this episode was also in Watatatow. I just love that name. I like, that is the jazzy pizzazzy that Emma should have used when she was doing her modeling. If she was like, she was doing her poses and she was like, Watatatow, that French photographer would have been like, you're my spring beauty. That makes hot jaw just seem childish. For real. Who's kicking stuff when you could be like, Watatatowing? Seriously. We cut to the main hallway of the mansion, and Visage is telling Emma to apply the power frequently, and then to come back tomorrow and then begin their adventure. And Emma's all, alright, great, can't wait, and she leaves. But we stick around with Visage, as someone calls out that they're waiting. And her smile turns to a scowl, and she asks, where is she? And she starts power walking into a room, and we see the girl that Emma ran into first at the building is being held captive by another two girls with faceless masks on. And Madame Visage requests one of her, I don't know, slaves maybe, to get her punishment book. So the masked girl hands it to her, and the first girl screams, No! as the door slams, and we cut. Pretty creepy, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, um, like, yeah, like at this point, I'm just kind of like, I get the gist of what's going to be happening. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of emphasis on the face, and these girls have faceless masks on, and I'm not... I'm not totally stupid, so I know what's going to happen, but uh, I didn't know why, you know? Like, I didn't know why these girls would still hang around this person. Yeah, I still don't know why. That's probably my biggest they problem. They try to give actually. us an explanation, but um, it's really it's uh, It's like paper, it's just paper thin as that mm-hmm. picture of the headmaster from the photo finish, you know? <laughs> it's not quite that thin. <laughs> So now we're back with Snap and Picks, right? And it's with the photographer, and he is loving Jessie and her sweet, plain red hat and her plain yellow sweater and her floral print leggings. She's got like a baseball glove and a ball, and he tells his crew to remove her hat. And we look over, and Emma is there being supportive of Jessie, telling her that she has a dope sweater on. A lady pulls off Jessie's hat as Jessie asks how it went at the theater. And Emma's all, you're not going to believe this. They told me be, to be the lead in there, but the photographer interrupts that shit saying, all right, come on, let's, but he stops and he looks at Emma like for a long time and she's all, hi. And he asks if Emma models and Emma's all, yeah, I auditioned for you yesterday. Yeah, just not very well. <laughs> My poses were off. <laughs> he circles around her saying, no, 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 you did not. And Emma assures him that she did. And Jesse agrees. And Jacques is all, what was I thinking? May I? And he gestures for her to go get her pictures taken. And Emma looks at Jesse, who nods her head enthusiastically. And Emma agrees and walks over to the stage. She starts posing as this dude takes like a billion pictures of her. And he screams for somebody to give her a scarf. And a helper wraps it around Emma's neck. And Emma gives some sassy poses. And the photographer yells, Look at me like I'm a bonbon. You are hungry. I can't. Yes, yes, perfect. Yes, I love it. How I missed it, I do not know. I'm such an imbecile. <laughs> and this goes on for a few more seconds. And Jesse's all, Way to go, Emma. And finally the guy stops and Taking says, Taking my job. You know, I appreciate the supportiveness between friends. They are very supportive of each other. Until they aren't, but you know. Well, I mean, jealousy. Yeah. It is what it is. The guy stops and he says, I've decided. You must be the next Brink cover girl. And Emma's all, cover girl? And the guy says, we, we, come. You'll be on the cover of one million catalogs wearing the brand new line of spring clothing. And Emma smiles and Jesse gives her a hug. I wonder when it'll be that I'll be the spring cover girl after I start my modeling career, you know? I mean... I'll probably be the cover girl first, and then uh-huh. you'll show up and do way better. Oh. But then, but then I'll rub some shit on my skin, which makes me pose better somehow, and then oh I'll steal it back. 
Well, you know what? I'm going to bust out the super sassy poses, and you're going to be, like, left in the dust. Well, it's going to be a sass-off, then. (laughs) Sass-off. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your personal photographer. Thank you for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're a longtime fan or this is your first episode, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. It's that time of the season again. We will be recording our Season 7 wrap-up in a few short weeks, and we really need your help. Send us your questions. You can ask us anything you'd like. Just starting a podcast? I'd be happy to help. Want to know our favorite ice cream flavors? What we wish for on our birthday or anything else? Send them to us on Twitter at PRVT Island, on Instagram at Private Island Presents, or through email, that's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Help us make the best season wrap-up yet, and get a fun shout-out on the show. Looking for more entertainment? Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash privateisland, and become a patron for as low as $1 a month today. You'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing, higher tiers get more rewards like bloopers for each episode, bonus Quick Frights horror movie reviews, access to our true crime episode, and so much more. There's hours and hours of content available there now. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, and Tristan, the Silver Goth, Shane, Steven, Matt, and Gerilyn, the Golden Day Days, Bryce, Faith, Sarah, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Evelyn, Matt, and Kaylee. Thank you, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. Brandon and I make a ton of content for our Instagram and Twitter, so be sure to give us a follow and dive into our content. We've got memes, GIFs, videos, and so much more for every episode of the show. We've been abridging and condensing entire episodes down into one hilarious minute that you're going to love. Another quick and easy way to support our show is giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Podchaser. For a quick link to all of our social media pages, the Facebook group, Discord, and so much more, check out the link in the episode description. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. Thanks again, everyone, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. We cut probably backstage or something, and Emma finds a mirror, and she puts on that dust or whatever the hell it was. Jesse tells her, Shox was right. You look different. Did you take some kind of magic potion or something? You don't look so trash today. <laughs> she... She doesn't look like shit today. (laughs) You're not so fucking ugly. (laughs) Emma giggles a little saying, sorta. Madame Visage gave me this powder. She says it's got properties. (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) So funny. Properties? You don't say. That sets off some flags for Jesse, who looks at her asking who Madame Visage is. And Emma tells her, from the theater. She wants me to play the lead in her new play. Cool, huh? Jesse smiles as Emma walks away to go grab her coat. And then she, like, is about to snatch that fucking powder away from Emma. But before she can, Emma returns saying, anyway, off to the theater. Ta-ta! And we stick with Jesse for a moment, and she just kind of looks, like, disgusted a little bit. She wanted that powder. It was a great scene. I loved it. We cut back to Madame Visage's mansion where Emma is talking about how she's going to have a fabulous modeling career. And Madame Visage is, uh, is just investigating her face, instructing her to turn to the right. Emma asks her, isn't that great? But Visage ain't paying attention to all of that and asks her to move her face to the left. Visage, you know, she's whatever, spectacular. And, and she claps her hands a few times saying that she's ready. And in walk two of those girls with the robes and face masks. And one grabs a book as Emma asks what play it is that they're rehearsing. And Visage tells her, oh, this is no rehearsal. She walks up and she opens up the book. And Emma asks... There is no play, dum-dum. They haven't done anything for a play, so I don't know why she thinks there's still a play going on. I don't know. Everybody thinks there's a play going on. Well, it is a theater company. If I walked in, I would assume that they were rehearsing a play, too, so... Emma asks what the hell is in that book, and Visage Visage tells her that they're her other faces, and we look in this book, and it's just page after page of girl faces. It's like a circular cutout of a picture of a girl's face, without the hair and stuff. It's just like eyes, nose, mouth, done. Yeah, like a face. Yeah, Emma's all, oh, you mean the other actresses you've worked with? And Visage tells her, 
You might say that. And Emma hopes that she'll be in there someday. And Visage kind of giggles Jeez. a little, saying, You're setting her right up for this, aren't you? <laughs> I hope you murder me next. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just, like, mandatory if you're a villain to be, like, (laughs) what is the word for it? To be coy about it? I don't know. If somebody makes a comment, like, oh, I hope I don't die, and you're you're a villain, and you're like, (laughs) your wish is my, you know? (laughs) Yes, I know exactly what you mean. You You have to be, like, secretly, like, (laughs) laughing at them to yourself, kind of, making jokes at their expense. I don't know. Have a little fun. Be a little (sighs) daring. Tease. Maybe someone might just kill you these two girls then come into the room and they grab emma and they pull her back and visage caresses her own face and then she touches the book and her face appears in that book and she slams that shit shut and we look and we see that she is a faceless abomination oh my god her face has no features her eyes are glossed over white and i thought it looked pretty great yeah did this whole uh, effect Looks great. Yeah, this is kind of what I would want the aliens to look like from uh, the tale of the 13th floor. I thought the same thing. Way better. She's got like these little tiny lips and this like little butthole mouth. (laughs) Yes, there is that. (laughs) The sphincter (laughs) mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of unnecessary, but it still, it completes the look. It does, yeah. Emma screams and Visage points her finger and walks towards her as Emma tells her to get away. And she touches her hand to Emma's face and the camera whips over to give us this close-up of Visage's face, which morphs into Emma's. And I thought it was great. Yeah. Visage Emma smiles saying, there, much better. And Emma screams and turns around and we see that she's now got that abomination face. And she's like way shorter now. And she screams, no. And then we cut to commercial. Back from commercial, Emma complains that Visage took her face, and Visage smiles, saying, and what a wonderful face it is. And then the camera pans back, and we see that Emma was sitting on a stool. So that makes a lot more sense as to why she was looking so much shorter, because I was just like, so she stole her face and her height? (laughs) Yes, she takes all. Visage says the face is perfect for her new play, and welcomes Emma to her theater group. Visage leaves, and one of the other girls with no face walks up to Emma, saying, You'll be number 94. And hands her a mask and a robe. And Emma's all, What? And this girl tells her that names aren't allowed, and that she's 87. Emma touches her faceless face, saying, But, my face. (laughs) That was a lot of faces in one sentence. And 87 lets her know it's Madame Visage's now. And it's better this way. And she puts the faceless mask up to Emma's face. How is it better? And we cut to Jesse entering the building. I don't know. I think that's my problem with this episode. These people, man. This um, this theater building, mansion, whatever you want to call it, is just like full of faceless girls that got their face stolen by Madame Visage. And now they just are working for her for some reason. They make like her outfits and stuff. Yeah. This is like so many Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes where like these people all have families who at least... Some of them, presumably, would know where these girls were going. Yeah. They would be like, hey, I'm I'm going to this Madame Visage thing to try out for a non-existent play. And then that'd be the place you go check once they go missing. Yeah. And then you'd find books with faces. <laughs> um, You would have to, like, suspend your disbelief um, and just assume there's no parents in this world at all. Because... I mean, it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? There might as well not be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is the point of the whole show, I guess. So, I mean, it's whatever. It's on brand. My problem with this episode, too, is that, like, uh, I don't really understand what's stopping these girls from doing what they end up doing at the end of the episode. I mean, no, it's not really spoilers. Uh, where they take back their faces, really, from Madame Vassar. I don't get what what is stopping them. Like, what's why? She can only um, punish them one at a time. Madame like. Visage says she'll get angry. <laughs> it just it's just seems kind of dumb to me. Yeah. Um. We have a new character, though. This is 87. She's played by Amanda Gay, who we last saw as Jenna in the tale of the Unfinished Painting. Whoa. She's like, hey, you got any more of those roles of, like, the last person to get their whatever stolen from the, the villain? I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at that. 
Back in the episode, Jesse calls out hello a few times, and then is anybody here? A couple more. And from behind her, a hand touches her, and she turns around, and she sighs, saying, Oh, Emma, don't be mad, please. And Madame Visage is in Emma's face, and she asks why she would be mad. And Jesse's all, Oh, well, after what happened to you, I sort of followed you here so I could meet with this, um, Madame Visage. And Visage says that she ain't mad, and Jesse asks, What's up with the feathers? Since she's wearing Madame Visage's outrageous outfit. You know, it's all boas and shit. And mm-hmm. Emma, I'm going to call her Emma Visage at this point, tells her that they're rehearsing. And Jesse buys it and asks if she can introduce her Can't to Can't just Visage. explain everything with, oh, we're rehearsing. It's the perfect cover. You have to actually rehearse at some point. No, that's optional. <laughs> There's not even a stage here. Emma Visage tells her, of course, come with me. And Jesse is led into the mansion. So Madame Visage said that she has her, she like, like, she said that Emma's face is perfect for her next play. So does Madame Visage do these plays with just herself? And she's like running around the, the stage. And then like when it's time for a new character, she runs backstage and changes her face and then comes back up. Is that how it goes? God, or is it like one of those awful. kabuki mask ones where she just like throws her hands up and boom, it's a different face. Because that'd be pretty cool. I feel like these plays would be terrible. Yeah, they probably would be. I don't think this woman can act. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because she's Emma right now. Visage is being played by Sarah Edmondson right now, and I think she does a great job. Yeah, she does okay. Um, The accent for both of the girls, like the original actress and now the Emma actress taking over the role, yeah, is uh, a bit forced. Oh, yeah, yeah. Agreed. But overall, I think she did a good job with what she had. She's been... She's technically been the villain in two of her two episodes now. Well, she's bad. She's a bad girl. Those thin lips, you can't play a hero. No, but well, if you look at her the right angle, she's got the Egyptian eyes of a goddess or something. We cut back over to a different room where the with the faceless girls. One's getting warmed up by a fire, and then up walks Emma saying that she took her face. Why? How? And 87 tells her that Madame Visage is, is ancient and... The faces keep her young, and they stop and they look to see some other faceless girls making clothes, and 87 calls out, everyone, this is 94, and they all look at her for a moment, and then they continue their work, and 87 tells Emma that she doesn't just steal faces to stay young, she wants them for her plays. This is where we make her costumes. Emma asks the obvious question, why doesn't anyone stop her? But 87 tells her that Madame is too powerful. And if you displease her, she'll expel you and you'll have to live outside. And Emma comments that it can't be worse than in here. But 87 tells her, no, go outside and see how people look at you. And Emma thinks this shit is horrible. But 87 (laughs) tells her that there's one thing more horrible. The punishment book. So the punishment book's more horrible than going outside. So uh, go outside. No, they're both horrible. But the punishment book just takes it a little bit. So so that's that's their their hand waving away of why they're all just stuck here. Yeah. Is because they don't want to go outside and have people be like, Ew, look at that uggo. Yeah yes. <laughs> Which you know, that would not be great, but also who cares? Yeah. I mean, ideally you would want your face back, but like if it's yeah, slavery versus going home and being like mom, dad Call the police. That's the thing. We got everyone. Just go home and be like, "This woman stole my face." What are they going to be like? No, no, she didn't. Don't be silly. (laughs) They have no face. (laughs) You could be like, "Yeah, like I've got no face." So at least check it out. That's what I would do if I didn't have a face, but I do. So darn it. (laughs) Unfortunately. Emma asks aloud what the punishment book is, and all the workers look at her for a second, and 87 tells her, working here is a joy compared to being banished there. If you're sent to the punishment book, you'll never be seen again. And with that, we cut back to Emma Visage, who leads Jesse into a room and tells her to wait here. And Jesse points at a little desk asking, hey, do you think I can use some of Madame Visage's powder? And Emma Visage tells her, of course, use as much as you like. And Jesse thinks that's dope and rushes over to go buff powder into her face. Emma Visage smiles and gives Jesse the side eyes as she sits down. Just keep putting it on until you're pretty. <laughs> that's the real moral of the story. <laughs> um, 
Visage is so greedy. <laughs> yeah. She's had this face for like what, eight minutes? Yeah, less less than that. <laughs> and she's like, Alright, new face. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'll take this one. In some hallway, Emma asks 87 what she looked like, and 87 folds her arm saying that she'd rather not talk about it, and Emma prods further saying that she's gotta, since it was you. She asks what color her eyes were, and 87 looks up saying, um, blue, and Emma tells her that she's probably had a nice smile, and 87 tells her that she did, and she could show her if she wants, and Emma asks how, and 87 tells her it's in the book with all the others, but if Madam catches us... But Emma insists that they that she wants to go see 87's face. So the two girls go and they go check it out. If Madam catches them, they die. Yeah, they're just, yeah, so, you, just so you know what the stakes are. And yet she's still like, I've just got to know what your face looks like. We've known each other for five whole minutes. I've got to know. I appreciate Emma's tenacity, okay? <laughs> At least she's doing something. Well, yeah. I mean, she's doing the right thing. There's no argument about that. So basically, what you're trying to tell me is that if your face got stolen, you'd be like, yes, I will fall in line. I will make your clothes. No, I would just be out there. I would uh, be out of there. I'd be out in the world with my butt mouth. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even try to get my face back. <laughs> I'd take a Sharpie and draw on some eyebrows. And <laughs> go on with my life. <laughs> Do you think that they can, like, chew food, or do you think they have to eat everything through a straw? <sighs> they just gotta suck sponge through a straw. <laughs> oh, my God. Back with Emma and 87. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Turkey with Jesse, She's checking out the powder, which has a little mirror in it. Uh, just like the makeup mirror thing that we're in Mystical Mirrors. And she stands up, and she tries the door, but it's locked. So she knocks on it, calling out, Emma, the door's locked. <laughs> Part of a play. It's yep, all part of the play. Back with Emma and 87, they sneak into Visage's room and they open up the book of faces. In 87, she thumbs through a few pages, then pokes her finger on the face of a girl saying, That's me! And Emma asks what her name is, but 87 says that they're forbidden to use names. But Emma don't give no fucks, and she says that her name is <laughs> Emma. So 87 sighs, and she says that her name's Lizzie, and comments that she hasn't said that in a long time. And the girls look back at the book and Lizzie says the hardest thing is that no one can tell you apart from anyone else. But it gets worse. No one can see how you feel. If you're angry or sad or happy, it's like you're not there. Pretty soon you stop feeling altogether. And Emma tells her that she doesn't want to stop feeling. That's the worst part. Yeah. Duh. No one can tell if you're happy or sad. Like I laughing mean, and crying aren't a thing. <laughs> I know. I, that's what I thought when she was saying that. But also, that's like saying, if you have two blind people in a room, then they just cancel each other out, and they don't exist. Like, why even be people? <laughs> yes, when you boil it down. Just don't that. bother. If you don't show any emotion, why are you even... Why were you born? <laughs> like, are you even real? Emma tells her that she doesn't want to stop feeling and she wants to get she wants to get out of here. And then she looks over at a cabinet with a book in it and she asks, what's in there? And Lizzie immediately tells her nothing and then suggests that they leave. But Emma walks right over to that cabinet and she tries to open it, but it's locked. Shucks. Emma asks why this cabinet is locked when in comes a girl with 66 on her robe and a key around her neck that asks, what are you doing? They start to talk, but 66 walks forward saying, It's forbidden to touch the book. <laughs> this fucking Dwight Schrute of this theater company. <laughs> she is. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, you're a slave too. Chill out. I know. I loved it. <laughs> like, she's entrusted with the key to this cabinet for some reason, though. <laughs> Lizzie immediately apologizes, saying that, they won't do it again, but Emma stands by her saying, leave Lizzie alone. And 66 tells her that they don't use names here and walks forward saying, she's taking her to, to Madame. And Lizzie pleads, no, and that should be good. But Emma steps in front of her to intervene and 66 yells, back off 94. But Emma's all, I am not 94. My name is Emma and I'm going to see what's in that cabinet. And Emma grabs that key around her neck and rips that shit away from her. And 66 is all, ugh. You'll both be punished for this. And she huffs out of the room. And Emma wastes no time and gets to open that shit up. 
That was like the most exciting part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Emma rips that key away from her with such tenacity. That's That camera guy was there. He would be like, oh, yes. <laughs> Snap Finally. So good. I like that Emma, like she's on track to get Lizzie killed and she oh, yeah. doesn't really care. I, you know Lizzie's what? Lizzie's like, I don't think we should. And she's like, fuck that. Let's break this rule. Let's break <laughs> that rule like don't you think that's how all the girls would be when they first like got there though yeah they would understandably be like yeah fuck this shit (laughs) don't you think yes i think i don't think any of them would stay there that's the part that doesn't make any sense i think that's the spark it needs is is like a little bit more believability on like these girls that are just like yeah i'm a slave now whatever there should be a better reason for them not to leave it would be so easy to just be like yeah she has a magic barrier or something With Emma and Lizzie, Emma opens up the cabinet as Lizzie begs her not to, and she takes out another book and opens it up, which is the punishment book. And she flips to a page of a girl's face screaming, and she says, this is horrible. And she looks down to see another book in the cabinet. (laughs) This episode's got a lot of books. So Mm -hmm. she grabs that asking, what's this? And Lizzie says that she's never seen it before. So she flips it open and we see the oldest the wrinkliest face of them all. And Emma asks, who's this? But then they're interrupted by someone calling out, they're here in the inner sanctum. And Lizzie gets scared. And Emma asks her if there's another way out of here. And Lizzie's all, there is, but they'll get us. And Emma encourages her to show her. And they run by the door as Emma Visage opens it up. The girls run down the hallway and Emma says, wait, I have an idea. Where's the costume room? And Lizzie points down the hallway saying, here. And the girls bust into where all the other girls are busy working on costumes. And Lizzie complains that there's nowhere to run, but Emma tells her they're not going to run. And suddenly, Emma Visage appears saying, that would be very wise. Now give me the book or your punishment will be more severe than you could ever imagine. The girls turn around to see that 66 is entering from the way that they had came. And Emma slowly walks around the room clutching the book saying, you can't steal people's faces. But Visage tells her, I've been doing it for centuries. All these lives are mine. And Emma's all, no, they're not. You have our faces, but you can't take away who we are. And Visage tells her, this face is who you are. But Emma tells her, nope, and I'm going to stop you right here. She walks over to the fireplace and she chucks the punishment book right in there. And 66 screams, no! (laughs) I don't know why 66 did that. I don't get it. She's very invested in this whole crazy cult slave situation. Yes. Yes, she is. (laughs) Visage laughs, and she walks over to the fireplace, and she lifts her hand up, and the flames die out. Just gotta say, did you, did you, like, take notice of the laugh she does when she throws the book in the fire? No. It's so funny, because it's such a Tommy Wiseau laugh. (laughs) She throws it in the fire, and she goes, (laughs) Uh, it's so funny. So there's the thing with the magic, though, like she lifts up her hands and the flames die out. Is that like part of her magical powers? I guess she is actually some kind of magical being, but she doesn't use any other magic. No, she's just mainly focused on the face stealing thing. Yeah, maybe she just forgot that she can do like everything else. Who knows? I mean, what more do you need, really? If you can steal faces and put them in a scrapbook. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Visage kneels down, she picks up the book, and she says, You think my powers can be destroyed that easily? You've been watching too much television. Take them to my chamber. And Lizzie and Emma are quickly apprehended and taken away. Yeah. In Visage's chamber, we see Visage filing her nails in front of the mirror, and she says, Now, the question is, what would be a fitting punishment? And the camera pans around the room to see a whole gaggle of faceless ladies, some holding on to Emma and Lizzie, others bringing Jesse in. Who says that this is getting weird, Emma. I want to leave. And faceless Emma turns her head over and tells her, that's not me, Jesse. Jesse kind of looks over at Emma Visage and then says, okay, now I really want to leave. And the two faceless girls, 65 and 66, grab a hold of Jesse and Visage asks her for her punishment book. So one of the girls, I think it was 71, I'm not really sure, opens up the cabinet. Doesn't matter. And walks over with the book as Visage says, let this be a lesson. 94 and 87 disobeyed my rules and they will be banished forever. Emma calls out, stop. I'm not 94. My name is Emma and her name is Lizzie. You all have names. You have friends and families too. Try to remember. 
And she looks at the girl holding her. She may her. take our faces, <laughs> but she'll never take our personalities. What is God, that? Is awful. that Braveheart? Yes. <laughs> she looks at the girl holding her and asks, what's your name? And she turns away. And Emma turns to the other girl holding her saying, what about you? What's your name? Linda? Rachel? Robin? <laughs> <laughs> Gertrude. Is it Linda? Rachel? Robin? Uh, Megan? <laughs> Haley? Uh, Hannah? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you're out of time. Oh, we look at Visage for a second, who looks annoyed at this shit. And Emma says, listen to me. She took your faces. She didn't take who you are. You're still in there. It doesn't have to be this way. And the girl holding the punishment book looks kind of like, she kind of looks, looks around a little. And Visage scoffs. And then Lizzie breaks free saying, my name is Lizzie. I have a brother named Bill and a dog named Maggie. Visage tries to silence her, but 72 steps up saying, my name is Kayla. And Emma encourages more girls to join in. And she turns to 83, who was holding her, saying, who are you? And she says, I'm Hillary. I miss my parents. <laughs> Visage calls out, quiet. None of you are to speak again. Bring me the punishment book. I'm Spartacus. There's a moment of silence as the girl with the book decides what to do until Visage walks over to her, saying, you will not defy me. And she rips the book away from her and opens it up, saying, I own you all. And the girl shakes her head and Visage touches her and she screams and she lights up like she just got electrocuted and she gets, like, fucking teleported into the book. Damn. See, that's what you did, Emma. (laughs) I know, right? She showed you her face. She said her name and then Visage was like, nope, fucking, you're dead. Visage slams that shit closed as the other girls cower in fear and Jesse's all, okay, now this is getting bad. What is (laughs) Jesse even doing in here? I don't know. (laughs) But she says like two times, like, this is getting crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Once the witch obliterates a human. You're like, oh my goodness. What's going on? In Things here? are getting out of hand. <laughs> uh, Visage calmly walks up saying, now, troublemaker, it's your turn. Your faces are mine, the girls are mine, and no one's going to take them from me. And suddenly, 66 jumps in front of Emma saying, stop, my name is Lorette, and you don't own me. Visage is all, how dare you? Listen to me. You'll all be punished. And 66 commands the other ladies to take her. And they swoop in and they grab Visage. Mm. And Visage yells out, Do as I say. I own you. I own you all. And 66 turns to Emma asking what they should do. And Emma says, I think it's time we get Madame Visage her old face back. She goes into the cabinet. She grabs that third book from earlier as Visage yells, No, you can't do that. It's not my face anymore. It's 300 years old. And she screams as Emma touches her face with her finger. And we see this pretty fun effect of her face rapid aging to an old woman. Yep. Very mystical mirror. The girls look on in horror as Visage slumps down on her desk. And Emma walks up to her. She lifts up her face and it fucking melts into a skeleton. It's very similar to Mystical Mirror. Um, I think it was done a little bit better in Mystical Mirror, though. Oh, yeah. It's not bad, but... uh. No, the, the but she just kind of, like, gets old and dies. Yeah. Emma turns around, and the girls all take off their masks, and their faces are back. And they all celebrate, and they smile, and they're touching their faces and everything. And Emma walks up to 66, saying, I know you. And 66 says, Madame used my face to lure you here. I'm sorry. And then Lizzie calls out, Emma? And Emma's all, Lizzie! And they hug, and she says, we're back. Dinosaur story. <laughs> Roll back the rock to the dawn of time and sing this song with me. Roll back the rock. But Lizzie's all, no, it's like you said, we were always here. And we cut over to Jesse, who looks through the punishment book, but it's all blank purple pages now. And that fades into the campfire, and that's the end of the episode. And then it cuts to Jesse, and she goes, oh, now this is getting crazy. (laughs) Um... You know what? If I was Emma, okay, so me as a person, if right. person. if 66 suddenly had a face, I would never recognize her <laughs> from that brief encounter. No. She had like eyes, I think, and a nose. Yep. Classic. Something like that. Couple of teeth. No butt face. Well, like butt butt mouth. <laughs> but that was uh 
that was the tale of many faces. I think that um, if they had a little bit of tuning, I think it'd probably be one of the classic episodes people remember. And I think a lot of people do remember the like faceless abomination of Madame Visage. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I think like this episode feels like a like a classic. Are you afraid of the dark episode? I think that the Madame Visage without the face is the standout effect of season seven. I think it's, you know, like, obviously, season one, you got Zebo, Season two, you got Nosferatu. I think for season seven, you got Madame Visage's uh, faceless face. Yeah, I could see that. I don't have a whole lot left to say about it. I mean, it's it's kind of dumb in the in the regard that it's like it's like a bug's life. Where, like, you know, all the ants could have just worked together and, and rid themselves of the grasshopper the whole time, but... I mean, it's like real life. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it is kind of a rehash of a few older tales. Yeah. So, it's alright. Yeah, that's how I feel. Too. It's just, it's just alright. Like, it's not... It's not three bad. stars or whatever. No, right? Yeah, I think this had, like, a 3.0 on IMDb, which is that's yeah, not... it's nonsense. I'd say it's probably, like, a 7 or 8, maybe. But you know what? I was thinking about it last night, and I can probably pick out something that I love about every single episode we've covered. So, except really? for maybe Misfortune Cookie. I was about to say, the food looked good. <laughs> mm, okay. At the end, when David's like, "Give me some of that," and he smells <laughs> that guy's food, it's <laughs> just like, what the fuck. Yeah, you don't. You can't do that. No, you can't. Especially not today. Well, you probably can in Australia, like whatever, but not in America. At the campfire, Vance says, So it doesn't matter what mask you wear. Beneath it, you're still you. And no one can take that away. Even though that was the premise of my story. (laughs) (laughs) Were you even listening, Vance? Her Midnight Society spiel, her pre-spiel story was literally about taking away your personality. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to each member of the Midnight Society one at a time, and they're each wearing the mask that Vange gave them. Back with Vange, she kind of just stares at them for a second, then says, I said, the end. And the gang all slowly stand up out of their seats, and uh, all at the same time, and they walk towards Vange, who says, okay, now you're creeping me out. And they get all close to her, as she says, guys, guys, stop. And Tucker takes off his mask, saying, good story. And the rest follow suit, they all laugh and stuff, and Vange is all very funny. And the episode is over. We're done. Whew. Wow. Yeah, I don't have too much left to say about the episode. What do you think the moral of the story is? Um, maybe just be a little smarter about some situations. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're an aspiring actor and someone says, hey, come try out for this role. And then they're like, uh, frown a little bit. And you do. And they're like, all right, you're the lead in the play. <laughs> um. I don't know, maybe just think a little critically, like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, I like that one. Someone's gonna steal some of my body parts. I don't know which ones. Always be skeptical of people like that. Right. I think that really is the best lesson. Um, I I genuinely appreciate how supportive uh, Emma and Jesse are to each other. Like, Jesse gets a little bit jealous um, towards the middle and end of the episode, but, like, she brings it back together. Like, they're good friends. It's hard not to get a little jealous. So I would say, like, if you if your friend starts up a super successful podcast, be supportive of them, <laughs> right? Be supportive of your buddies. Maybe. Yeah, the, I think the biggest one is like if you if your face gets stolen and you're worried your parents are going to think you got a butt face or whatever, just go and talk to them and get the police involved. Yeah, do something. Don't do nothing. Don't just be a little slave. Um. So the tale of many faces. I think we could probably come up with a better name. All right, let's try. Okay, the tale of face swap. The tale of the play. The tale of bare minerals. Buffet your face. <laughs> the tale of the Facebook. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's, we're done. <laughs> I've had enough of that. Um, <laughs> are you ready to find out what's coming up next week? Yeah. So next week is the like official series finale, right? Um, it's episode thirteen. Um, like I said earlier, we we did things out of order. We did the we're gonna do the opener of season seven last, and it'll make sense hopefully, unless I'm misremembering things. It'll make sense in two weeks. But next week 
we have the tale of the night nurse Ooh. which um it could be fucking awesome it could be i mean it evokes night shift obviously yeah so uh i don't know night nurse man night nurse well who do you think is going to tell this tale um i'm gonna say this is an andy okay I'm going to say it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a Vange. I don't know. Nurse Another seems kind of like. Vange? Yeah, well, ner- she's clearly the youngest of the members. And I feel like something like, I got a story about a nurse. Like, that takes like some maturity to come up with a story about a, a nurse, probably in a hospital. So uh, maybe it's Megan or Andy. I don't know. Yeah. I thought Megan or Andy. What do you think Night Nurse is going to be about? <laughs> I think it's going to be about a nurse. Mm-hmm. She's the new nurse in the hospital. She's, uh, you know, being shown her way around. She's meeting new people. She's learning new things. And also, she's a Frankenstein. Wow. Okay. So basically all night shift again, except Frankenstein's monster instead of a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't know what else it could be besides a nurse working probably at night. I don't know how mm-hmm. a teenager is going to be mixed into that. I mean, they did it in night shift, so it can happen. But Exactly like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to this episode. I don't know anything about it uh, except for the name, as yeah. you know, you are, as you know, too. But, um, you know, as somebody that looked into being a nurse, I think I'm excited for it. I think it'll be all right. I hope what does so. IMDb have to say about this episode? IMDb says that it has a 3.6 out of 10. So, <laughs> so who knows? should be good. Yeah, sh- hopefully it's great. You know what? I'm done here. I'm done. I'm, uh, I'm going to go back to sleep, I think. It's Saturday morning. Hopefully my son's still sleeping. And uh, shit, I, I feel like I've been up all night, you know? Yeah, I'm tail of the unfinished sleep. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, I think I'm out of here. I'm super, I'm looking forward to next week. I think it's going to be great. Yes. We got four more episodes fun. left, and then we are done with season seven. We're almost at We're the almost end, done. This is, almost, this is it. Yeah. Our friendship. Yes. Days are numbered, wait. man. <laughs> so excited. Like it's been real, but <laughs> this is it. This is it. All right. Until next week, Brandon, I'm out of here. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.